Hey MW, it's Melissa. And Stephanie Kirkache, two sisters and the founders of Millennial Women. And your host of Millennial Women Talk. We're so grateful you're sharing your time with us today. By tuning into this episode, you're investing in becoming the best version of you. And we are thrilled to be on this journey together. Have you ever wanted to move to another country, but maybe didn't have the right resources to do so, or have no idea where to even begin that process? In today's episode, we chat with Sienna Brown, a courageous woman who followed her heart and created her dream life in Spain. She's the founder of the popular online community, Las Morenas de España, an online platform that teaches you how to move abroad and create a life you love. Sienna shares her perspective on the benefits of travel and how to have the courage and the discipline to just go for it. There are so many insightful moments on this episode, but here's some of our favorites. It's about immersing yourself into the culture because that's something that I feel so passionately about, right? So whether you're traveling or living or doing whatever in a new place, it's like, don't just be there, but also like make an effort to become a part of it. Something that I was really intentional about is like, I didn't just want it to be a website of me talking and sharing like, hey, I'm Sienna, here's my life, X, Y, and Z. But I really wanted to be able to say, here is this global community of women doing it. Let's hear different perspectives, different stories and different narratives because we'll be able to touch to and like relate to so many other women if it's not just my story, but instead sharing everyone else's as well. Okay, MW, the journey to getting closer to the best you starts right now. Sienna Brown, thank you so much for being on our on our episode today. We're so happy to have you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'm really excited. I've been a fan of you guys for a while, so it's awesome to come on and share some knowledge with the community. <laughs> We've thank been a you. fan of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing. So Sienna, for the little of us who don't know too much about you, tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my name is Sienna Brown. I'm originally from New York, but I've been living in Spain for the past five years. And so I kind of made the move because I was over the hustle and bustle of kind of what is U.S. culture. And so I decided to make the move. And when I moved over, I also started my own business, which is Las Marinas de España, which focuses on helping women of color essentially make the move abroad to build a life that they love. I love that. I love that. You So it sounds like you're so passionate about helping people live the life that they really love. Um, I would love to know your personal story on how you build your life. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, I think, I feel like throughout my life, I've had a lot of aha moments, maybe like every couple of years. But for me, the biggest one was seven years ago, I was actually in Spain for a little bit of time. And I remember just being the happiest that I had ever been. And so, of course, like when people go on vacation or holiday, you're like, ah, oh, this is amazing, but it's not real life. And so then you go back, you get comfortable and you get into the routine. But then I had to kind of ask myself, but what would it look like if this actually could be my real life? And so when I decided to make the move, I was really, really intentional about being like, I want to design a life and build a life with intention. And then about I think three and a half years ago, so about two years since I was moving in, I actually lost all of my hair to alopecia. And it was something that was really random. It happened in one day. And I was like, am I dying? What's going on? I had no idea because I didn't know what alopecia was beforehand, which essentially is just like an autoimmune disease that makes you lose your hair. But for me, it was a really big eye-opening moment of like, am I actually living intentionally? 
or am I still just like getting caught up in the rat race, but just in a different place as well? So around that time, I really was like, okay, what does your quote unquote dream life look like? What are the things that you actually want to do? And then just start making life shifts. And not only that, but start doing the internal work as well of being like, how do you kind of work through heal from stuff in the past and just kind of like do and live with a lot more intention, you know? Right. Wow. And that's powerful and, and brave of you to be so yeah. self-aware. So you're talking about doing the work, right? Um, what were some of the outlets that you did? Was it going to therapy? Was it more spiritual practices? What were you doing to help you get through that internal work to heal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I laughed. I'm like, I feel like I did a lot of self-therapy. So I actually <laughs> studied psychology in undergrad. So I have a background in psychology that I would, I stand for therapy, but I haven't actually gone to it yet, but I do a lot of journaling and I spend a lot of time alone. And it's one of those things where it's like, when you're actually spending time by yourself and trying not to get distracted by everything else that you have going on around you, you really have to sit with that. And when you move abroad and you live abroad by yourself, like all of my family, all of my connections are still back in New York. You spend a lot of time by yourself. So you have to say, okay, who am I without any of these other stigmas or any of these other narratives that I've had throughout all of my life. So it was a lot of, yeah, just self-reflection, a lot of journaling, a lot of mistakes as well, like mm -hmm. so many mess ups and then just kind of like going through that. But yeah, I feel like journaling is probably one of my biggest things that kind of helped and doing a lot of reading as well, reading and learning. Yeah. Awesome. I started journaling. Well, I've journaled before, but now I'm picking it up more every day and I've started since April and I'm obsessed. It's like, I can't go a day without doing it. And it's helped me so much, not just in my personal growth, but manifesting the things that I want too. So it's yeah. very powerful. I'm glad that, that you do that. I, I, yeah. I'm very mm -hmm. curious to know, you know, what, are, what is your opinion in terms of cultural differences between, you know, the American lifestyle versus the European lifestyle? What's, what's sort of your perspective on that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I'm laughing because like, there's so many and I feel like that gets highlighted. So right now I'm currently in New York and I'm always reminded of what they are when I'm back. I feel like the biggest ones is in Europe and specifically in Spain, you live a lot more, right? So it's not the thought process of like, I'm living to work, but it's more I'm working to live. You know what I mean? Mm. And so there's a lot more balance and there's a lot more focus of like spending time with friends during the week or having balanced days and stuff like that. And also something that I'm also really big on wellness, health and wellness. And so something that I realized is that just like life in the U.S., specifically in bigger cities, isn't really sustainable. I'm talking mm -hmm. about like food wise, talking about how fast everyone goes and just like the pace of life. And I think also another huge thing that I realize more and more is like the sense of security. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just something that you think about a lot more, like whether it's with and I don't like to get political, but whether it's with things like mass shootings or things like. Right. just like normal crime. That's something that you don't really think about as much when you're in Europe. And I don't right. realize it until I come back home and I'm like, oh, how many ways can I die today? Kind of thing, you know, <laughs> which sounds a little bit morbid. Yeah. But yeah. It's something that again, like you don't realize until you come back, but something that I do love about the U S is that there's so many people and like people who are making amazing moves and there's such strong communities here where whenever I am back, it's amazing to kind of just like, tap into those, connect with those in a way that you're, you're able to do when you're abroad, but it's not as easy or as easily accessible. Yeah. I mean, would you say that that was the biggest motivation for you to move abroad was just, you know, we're all living for the weekend almost in the U S mm -hmm. right. Instead right. of actually having 
a life. Would you say that that was your biggest motivation to to move yeah, to another country? Absolutely, absolutely. And like, it's something that I find on a daily basis. So like, I run my own business and I also work full time. But literally every day, I wake up. I have time to work out. I spend time by the water. Mm, I always make time to like have lunch with friends or like cook my own lunch. And so they're just little things where I don't know if it's a mentality or just like choosing to do that, where it's just a lot easier to make sure that every day is balanced. So it doesn't feel like, okay, I hate Mondays or when is Friday going to come? But instead it's more just like every day is a great day if you allow it to be. Right. I love that. I know so many people, especially in our community, always have this dream of living in another country, right? But we also know the practical, the practicality to it. Like, how do I even begin like to stay past, I don't know, three months? You know, usually that's the the cue of when you need to go back to your own country. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) if you're, you know, open to sharing, how was that process? And actually, like, do you have citizenship in Spain or how did you work out the visa? Like, I think it would be so beneficial to share how you actually made that happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, sorry, part of the reason why I got excited is, so we host an eight-week course teaching women exactly how to do that, so how to master your move abroad. Perfect. And essentially what we go through is like figuring out the timeline, the finances, the different work options. So for me personally, I moved over to teach English, which was on a student visa. But the great thing about that is that you're able to renew your um, identification card from Spain. So I did that and I was a teacher for three years as I was running my own business. And then I got a job offer, which was amazing because I didn't apply. Anyway, I got a job offer from a Spanish company and that gave me residency. So now I'm a Spanish resident. I pay taxes. I don't have to worry about any kind of paperwork. I have contrato indefinido, an indefinite contract. Mm -hmm. And so it's amazing because my life is essentially there now. I can buy property there if I want to and it's it's really easy. But something that I actually go through with our students is that there are so many different options, whether it's through remote work. Teaching English isn't the only way anymore. You can like work remotely for U.S. companies. You can just kind of get your foot in through the door with your own company, or you can kind of do the teaching English route while you're kind of like building up your resume, making connections to be able to kind of switch over that visa into a Spanish residency and getting hired by a Spanish company. So cool. That's so cool. What would you say was the challenges that you faced when doing this move? Was it personal? I could be personal or anything, but what was the biggest challenge you faced when making such a big decision? Yeah, to be completely honest, I feel like the biggest challenge was not leaving my family behind, but Mm -hmm. having the feeling as if you're leaving your family behind, especially because like, I'm really close with my family. I have a younger sister who's 12 years younger than me. So she's going through a lot of her pivotal years. And you have this like, pull of, I know what I have to do to be able to live my best version, to be my best self for myself versus kind of like feeling guilty or feeling like I don't want to leave anyone behind. So I feel like for me, that was the biggest struggle. But then with time, you kind of realize I'm able to be a much better sister, daughter, granddaughter for everyone else in my family, inspire them to live their truth, whatever that looks like by doing it myself. And then of course, like flights end up being pretty affordable. So I'm able to come back like once a year, I'm back three times this year, actually. So with time, I'm able to come back and forth a lot more. But I feel like leaving my family is probably one of the biggest struggles that I had. 
Yeah, for yeah, sure. definitely. I, I mean, I didn't move to another country, but I, I did move to California and, and stayed there for pretty much 11 years of my life. And that was the biggest thing for me was was leaving my family. But I would love to understand your perspective as terms of the courage that you had to do that. Was that work you did? Was that just in you? Like, like for example, myself, I just knew that I was going to move, right? It was just, it, it was more instinctual. Was that similar to what you felt when you moved or... Kind of walk me through that emotional process, emotional and mental yeah. process. Absolutely. It was when I look back at it now, I was like, when I was living in Brooklyn after college, I was a mess. I it didn't seem <laughs> it was like an organized mess, you know? So like it was fine. I had a job that I loved. I was doing great work. I was living with my grandmother, who is amazing. And so like everything was good on paper, but I just wasn't really happy. I wasn't really happy. I found myself being angry a lot, but of course, mm -hmm. like when you're in it and you consider it the norm, you don't realize it until you look back and you're like, well, something yeah. was off. Yeah. And so I just kind of kept on like having like these breakdowns where I'd just be crying. And I was like, something has to change. And so I had, I remember this specific day I was sitting on the couch and I asked myself, okay, Sienna, when were you your happiest? And my first answer was like, oh, when I was in Spain. And then I was like, cool, you have a choice. You can keep on going down this path of pretending everything is okay or you can go for it, you know, and it's like, go for it, do it with a bit of patience and try and be, again, intentional about the move. But then if you're going to do it, worst case scenario, you can always move back, you know. Mm -hmm. But I remember really saying, like, when was I my happiest? Okay, let's go after that. And I wanted to kind of do it with without as much of a sense of rush as you have when you're living somewhere for five or six months. But instead being like, let me give it a try and like create a create my own life over there as well. I love that you just said, what's the worst that could happen? Like, you just move mm -hmm. back, right? Exactly. Like, that is yeah. so, um, it's easier said than done, but it really is ultimately like that, weighing out the pros and cons and just, what's the worst that can happen? Um, something that I read on your um, website that I really, really love, you said something, and I'm going to actually read it from the paper so I could get it right. Um, but you said, anybody can create the life they want and love with the right mindset, habits, and discipline. Mm -hmm. And um, I love this. and. I would love for you to kind of break this down for us. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, so, I'm such a habit nerd. Um, so the reason why I believe so much about that is because I feel like whenever you want to make a big change, do anything, whether it's start your own business or move to a different country or lose 50 pounds, whatever that is. A lot of the times we see that end goal and we think this is not achievable. So we kind of like, start and then we get discouraged or we start and then we don't make it. But like there's something called the 1% rule. And it's like, if you're just 1% better every day, then you're going to have exponential growth. And so when you think about it, a lot of the times people think like, oh, I have to make these huge changes. But it's like, no, you have to look at what you're doing in your everyday life and ask yourself, okay, are these actions helping me work towards my big vision? Right. And so I talk a lot about like vision to action. So like taking the dream of whatever it is that you want to achieve and then breaking that down and saying like, okay, is every single thing that I'm doing aligned with that goal? And again, it's just like being 1% better. So it's not going from like never running to running a 5k tomorrow, but it's right. like, start with walking for 30 minutes, make that a habit, make that change. And then it becomes a lifestyle, you know? And so I think that that in addition with habits and in addition to discipline of being able to say, a lot of the times people are like, oh, that's so great. What do you do? But I think the question is even better of being like, what don't you do, mm -hmm. right? So like, what are the things that you're not doing that's allowing you to be able to move forward instead of just the things that you are doing? 
Mm. That's so good. You know, it's funny because sometimes we, it's like the dream kind of overwhelms the dream, right? We sometimes allow that huge vision to be like, oh my God, it, and then it becomes so unattainable, right? And like I've struggled with this majority of my life, but it was definitely me taking into consideration everything you're saying, like the right mindset, but more so the discipline, right? And breaking it down, breaking that big vision down into that 1% that I could do every single day. And um, discipline plays yeah. such a key part. And I know you know this. It's like that discipline within yourself, keeping those promises to yourself um, is so important. So I love that. I really yeah. love that. Could you give yeah, us some… Like, oh, sorry. sorry go go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say something that I like have written down and that I think about really often is like, whatever. Anyway, so it's like, don't compare yourself to others. Compare yourself to the person you were yesterday. And so like, that's the model that I live by. Cause it's like, it's so easy to get caught up in, Oh, this person's doing this on Instagram or hashtag goals or whatever. But it's like, no, are you being better than who you were yesterday? And if not, that's okay. But like, how are you redefining your best and just continuously trying to be a better version of yourself? You know? Right. I would love to, kind of, if you don't mind, can you give us sort of an example of what that 1% looked like for you when you actually put it into action? Yeah, absolutely. So I will bring you guys, okay, so I feel like it's really easy to talk about all the wins. So I'm going to bring you guys <laughs> back to last, it'll be almost two years ago when I made the move from Murcia, Spain, which is where I was for three years, to Javier, Spain. So for context, I made the move in, in Murcia. I was extremely happy. I had my friends. I had like a decent, comfortable job. It was fine. I had my own business, but I moved to Javier for a new job. And again, it was like worst thing that could happen. Best thing that could happen. Worst thing that could happen. I would miss my friends. I'd have to start all over. It'd be hard. Best thing that could happen. I have residency. I have a job that I love doing what I love. I have more flexibility. I live by the beach, et cetera. So I said, we're going to give it a try. The first eight, six to eight months of that transition were no joke, the hardest months of my adult life because I was going from having quote unquote, what I thought was having it all to going to like starting all over. And so for me, that 1% really looked like waking up in the morning and just saying, okay, how can today be a better day than yesterday? That's not to say that things weren't good, but like internally, I just wasn't really there. So like I think I'd gained like 40 pounds. I was just sad all the time. I missed my friends, all of these things. So it's hard to go from like the mountaintop down to a valley when the valley is supposed to be your second mountaintop, right? right? So I was just kind of like, how do I 1% just like try to make small changes? It's not about going back to like being the happiest person and having all these friends and doing all these things. But it's just like, today's going to be a good day. How can today be a better day than yesterday? And having the faith that like, because doing that for like a week is fine, but doing that for six months is just like having faith that it will eventually happen. And then of course, now my life is amazing and it's way better than I could have ever imagined. Yes. I love it. It's just going through that motion of like, okay, the 1% and how do you keep that bowl rolling until it kind of like, kind of gets you back to the next mountaintop, whatever that looks like. Right. Oh my it's gosh. small steps of literally just speaking to yourself but and saying, we could do this. Let's pause and just kind of highlight what you just said in the sense of like the next mountaintop, right? Yeah. It's interesting. I used to have this vision when I was younger because I just wanted to get out of Miami. I wanted to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And I used to have like, I don't know, I used to put on music and envision myself like seeing this mountain, right? And like mm -hmm. trying to get up there, whatever. And then recently, this year, I I started visualizing that again. 
And on this time, I actually saw myself on the mountain, but I saw so many other mountain tops. Mm. And so I that that's ultimately life, right? And I think you this is what you're kind of if, if um correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like there are so many mountain tops within your life, right? And just because you come up on top of one doesn't mean like it continues going. Like that's life, that's the yeah. journey. And um I love that you said that. It was like you were in the valley of the second mountain top. So mm-hmm. I love that. That was so powerful. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> So Sienna, I want to talk about about travel. So Steph and I are very big on it because we we truly believe that travel is really essential for our well-being. Would you say that um that travel is very important for us as even just as millennial women to to start incorporating into our overall well-being? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like travel is something that opens you up to different cultures, to different experiences, to different everything where it allows you to kind of be able to come back and relate to everyone in the world a little bit easier and a little bit more intentionally. And not only that, but I feel like with travel, one of the most important things is not just what you do while you're away, but how you take parts of that trip and bring it back to your everyday life, you know, because when we're away and we're gone, we think that it's amazing. We have these great experiences and then we get back and we get into our routine. But something that I always try and do is say, okay, how do you take what you loved, what you learned, what, those amazing feelings that you felt during those trips and then bring that back into your everyday life and start making like start incorporating small things to just kind of make it feel like you should be traveling because you love to travel, but not traveling to escape something, you know? Right. I think that that's very, very true. I think it's more so to see what you can gain from the experience, not necessarily just be like, here's my Instagram and the most prettiest place ever. (laughs) Yeah. And really immersing yourself into the culture. And I'm sure you could speak. So did you um, study Spanish before or was it completely a language that you didn't understand when you went to Spain the first time? I'm so curious about this. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually had a double major with psychology and Hispanic studies. So like, I wrote my undergrad thesis in Spanish on like the representation of Latina and Caribbean women in Spain's history and culture and the media and stuff. So it's always been something that I'm really passionate about. But I love the fact that you said it's about immersing yourself into the culture because that's something that I feel so passionately about, right? So whether you're traveling or living or doing whatever in a new place, it's like, don't just be there, but also like make an effort to become a part of it, to learn, to like, do your research to talk to locals to not just like be (laughs) sorry. I just imagine like someone with like their away suitcase and like their backpack, just like (laughs) working and like not really just like being a part of the actual culture or like making an effort, you know, no shade to away. I love their suitcases. It's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love the away suitcase analogy. It's awesome. (laughs) Sienna, let's talk a little bit about Las Morenas de España. What was the inspiration behind this? Literally, so the inspiration behind it was, I remember I had just come back from a meditation retreat before I was getting ready to move abroad. And I just like let go of a lot of stuff and I just had insane clarity. And I was on the two train, I remember it specifically, on the two train to my way to work, like a month before I was getting ready to leave. And I was just like, I remember Googling like black in Spain, communities of color in Spain, and everything was like, Spain is racist. Everyone thinks I'm a prostitute, X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I hear you. I see that experience and I understand it. But then in the articles, you'll have a line of like, I was there for five days or like, it was my first day. And I'm like, okay, 
I get that. I'm sorry that you had that experience, but those shouldn't be the mainstream narratives that everyone globally across the world is reading when you don't know the cultural, the historical aspects of behind why someone could have acted in the way that they did. That's not to say that it's right or wrong, but I just remember feeling frustrated that like a country that I had loved, I had been treated wonderfully in as a woman of color. Why were there not more positive stories being shared? So I decided to create a platform. And at the beginning, our tagline was like, redefining the, the black narrative in Spain. So kind of just like changing what people thought of, of what it means to be black in Spain. And not only that, but sharing more stories of women who were living there, who had like amazing lives and who were like essentially creating lives there, but just starting to give more representation towards that. And when we first started, we ended up getting a lot of big press from like Huffington Post, like, Huffington Post, NPR, like a lot of really big places. And I was just like, okay, wow. So this is catching on really quickly. And then it eventually shifted from not just being like, hey, here are a lot of amazing women doing amazing things, but more so like, let us now teach you how to do the same. So we really shifted from just being more of like a representative platform to actually being an educational platform. I love that. that. Why was building Las Morenas de España so important? Yeah, absolutely. So I think something that makes it so important is because like we have the capacity to share our own stories. And so it's like, why would you not share your own story to spark a movement, you know? Right. So it's like the power of having and sharing identity with other women who will be able to relate to you in certain life aspects and being able to say, okay, let's not just do this like one person on their own, but like, let's bring all of each other up and be able to be that much stronger, you know? And so something that I was really intentional about is like, I didn't just want it to be a website of me talking and sharing like, Hey, I'm Sienna. Here's my life X, Y, and Z. But I really wanted to be able to say, here is this global community of women doing it. Let's hear different perspectives, different stories and different narratives, because we'll be able to touch to and like relate to so many other women. If it's not just my story, but instead sharing everyone else's as well. That's powerful. I hate to have to wrap this up, but (laughs) if you could give any advice to a millennial woman, what would it be? Oh, okay. So the advice that I would give to millennial women is not to be afraid to go after what you really want and not to feel guilty for doing it either. And I say that because I feel like a lot of the times life can be great. And so we feel grateful because especially as millennial women, like we're doing probably a lot better than our parents or our grandparents had. So we're like, oh, well, we've got it all. What else more could we want? But I really encourage you to go after what you want, do it with patience and to not feel bad for kind of wanting to go after your big dreams. Mm, that's beautiful. You're Sienna. such a gem. <laughs> Thank <Really>? you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sienna, for being on our podcast. It's an honor to know you and to now be your friend. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys are stuck with me. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been amazing. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn more about Sienna, please visit lasmorenasdeespana.com. Subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify to help us continue to bring powerful conversations just like this to you every single week. Want free and discounted resources? Sign up right now to our free newsletter at wearemillennialwomen.com for subscriber-only freebies and perks to help you become the best version of yourself. And as always, we encourage you to continue on with the conversation. Keep being the strong, amazing woman that you are and never forget to live inspired. Until next time, MW, always love Melissa and Stephanie Karkache.